Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. You know, we've never done a good old-fashioned Minnesota Oli and Lena joke. No, we haven't. I want to hear one. This is from Garrison Keeler. Oli lay on his deathbed. He knew he was going to die. And then he smelled a beautiful smell of Lena's rhubarb pie. He crept downstairs to the kitchen. There it was. He let out a moan. Then Leela whacked him with a broom. That's for the funeral. Leave it alone. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hi, Christy. Hello, Edith. Guess what? What? It's the 40th episode. You know what that means? What? We're having a midlife crisis. Oh, no. <laughs> The 40th episode. Can you believe it? That's amazing. And it's thanks to our listeners. Absolutely, yes. If we didn't have any, we probably wouldn't be doing this because we're not as bored as we were 40 weeks ago. Things are opening up, right? Yes, I know. I still think for a person who's 80% unemployed, why am I so busy? Oh, I'm with you. I am well because we're gardening now. And the weather is finally nice. It'll be nice until tomorrow. That's right. It's gonna. We're gonna get dumped on again tomorrow. Rain, yeah. snow. Mother's Day. Rain, snow. Today, I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna work my buns off. Me too. Uh, and what are we talking about this week, Edith? Perennial vegetables. So this is for all the people who think, you know, I would like to plant something, and every year it would just do its thing without me having to do anything. Exactly. Yes. There are not very many perennial vegetables. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We're talking rhubarb. Well, it depends, and it depends on where you are. I mean, where we are, oh, Colorado, of course, not a lot at all. Rhubarb, correct? Horseradish. Horseradish. Asparagus. Mm-hmm. Asparagus. And depending where you live, artichoke. Artichoke. So we'll talk about all those Okay. later on. We will. But first, let's do a shout-out to one of our Garden Party members. Yeah. We're going to give a hearty thank you to Bernadine C., who is a deadheader, and she will get her seeds, and she'll get an upside-down tulips coffee mug coming her way. And we thank you very much for doing that. Thanks, Bernie. And if you folks want to become a member of the garden party, get some fun rewards, and help support upside-down tulips, just uh, check out our website, or you can click on the link in the show notes to become a member of the garden party. We would surely appreciate it. And you can also click there to find out if you want some merch. If you want a t-shirt or a mug or a tote. It, or either, it either says upside down tulips or it says, when in doubt, mulch it. Mulch it. Yes. And if you've been listening, you know exactly how we feel about mulch. We will mulch almost anything. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. We'll even mulch mulch. We mulch mulch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You should, too. Hey, uh, how's your garden doing this week, Edith? Well, it's doing the best so far. It's actually doing things. For example, you mentioned we're going to do rhubarb. My rhubarb is ready to eat. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how that happened. It was like, it was little tiny. I looked at it, and the next thing I know, it's like a foot and a half long. you got to put beautiful. one of those stop-motion cameras on I things sometimes. Should. Huh? Absolutely. So uh, I planted more onions. 
as I told you, I cannot for some reason plant scallions. I can't. So what I've decided to do is plant like thousands of onions and eat them when they're small. Oh, that's a smart. Yeah. What that's else am I going to do, yeah. right? I can't grow the little you know, ones. I grew some last year. I planted them in August and I have them now. So oh, maybe by this, seed, did you plant them by seed? I did. Scallions by seed. Yeah. So maybe that's what we'll do. We, we, we remind ourselves. Let's do it. To plant it in August and they'll have some now. Because I don't understand why I can't do it. I bought a new uh, herb I've never had. Lemon thyme. Oh, fabulous. It smells amazing. I bet that's going to be great in recipes. I bet so too. And I bet so it would I... be good tea also. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. And I bought um, a fennel, start a fennel, and a rosemary. I'm going to try rosemary again. I'm going to try not to kill this one. This is the year. But you got the ARP variety. I got the ARP variety, yeah, which, which I had help. last year and killed. I found the little tag. Well, you just have to remind each other that when the temperature gets below 25, to cover. Yes, 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 to cover. Absolutely. Doesn't happen often, but it does. So um, before I ask what's going on in your garden, I think we need to make a correction from last week. Okay. So this was, of course, my slip up of the tongue. There it goes again. You know, I said it was a Schofield heat measurement where we were talking about pucker butt peppers. Uh Uh-huh. It's not. It's oh. Scoville. It's the heat measurement. <laughs> Is it possible, Edith, that you were thinking of the great actor Paul Schofield? Who from is yes, a man for all seasons. Who's so hot? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is he dead or I? I bet he has passed oh, away. But he, he's still hot. Yeah. He's hot. The Oscar winner <laughs> of Man for All Seasons. That right? must have been what it was. Yeah. Yes. So. And what about your garden? What you doing? Well, last weekend was the big compost turn. How did that go? Very nice because of the help of my handsome and handy husband. I had so much compost from over the winter because I turned it before the snow hit. Uh Uh-huh. And so I got huge scoopfuls to go into my vegetable garden on every single little area in my square foot gardening. And then I turned the middle pile, and Edith, I got in there. I had had very intimate experience with my compost pile. Did you fall in? I was way in there. I had to get in there to, you know, get out the right. the stuff that wasn't fully composted to get into the stuff at the uh-huh. bottom that was composted. I had compost in my socks, in my pants, in my shirt, in my hair. You mulched yourself. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> My compost and I are on really intimate terms right now. I got about halfway turned, so I got the middle pile all done. Uh And then so later on, I'm going to do the first pile. Nice. And with all that rain we had recently, it already shrunk about two feet. Oh, wow. Oh, that's good. And I will say that I did use a compost starter because I don't turn my compost pile regularly enough. That's smart, Christy. So I bought a compost starter, and so every couple feet... I just sprinkled that starter in just to give it a little heads up. But it's a good time of year, actually, because with all the brown from last year and then all the green that I'm cleaning out, you know, uh, weeds and trimming uh-huh. things back like that, weeds weeds that haven't sprouted. No, yes, no seeds. If you put seeds in your compost, you're going you're gonna to spread them over your whole property. Unless your compost yeah. pile gets super, super hot. Yeah, which if yours is outside, it probably doesn't yeah, get probably, super, probably super, super hot. Yeah, probably doesn't. Yeah. 
I also want to report on the great Bachelor Button Massacre of 2021. Uh Uh-oh. So all of these little Bachelor Buttons, which is an annual that have reseeded all over my vegetable garden... I moved a lot of them really yeah. quickly. If you recall, I did that last week, I do which remember. is tricky for an annual that doesn't like to be moved. Just a quick grab it, put it in a hole. Grab it and put it in a hole. So I put bachelor buttons all over my yard where I wanted them. They're going to look great. And I still probably had another 50 or so plants that I didn't know what to do with. So I just ripped them up and put them in the compost pile. The Great Bachelor Button Massacre oh, of 2021. That's okay. I didn't know who to give them to because you really have to... Move them. It has to go fast. Fast. Yeah. yeah. So that happened. and that, Well, I have something that might make you feel better. Yeah. Remember when we were talking about ample harvest, which is when you can give your extra vegetables? You know, Christy, we have, I looked it up, we have 15 food pantries we could donate within three miles of exactly where we're sitting right now. Oh, I love that. So let's let's plant a little couple things extra specifically so that we can donate them. It's amazing how expensive it is to eat healthy. You're absolutely and right. And as it somebody is. who in my day has gone to a food pantry, what's at a food pantry is cranberry sauce mm-hmm. and beans. And if anybody <laughs> has ever had government canned pork like I have. Uh, I've had yeah. government cheese. Do you remember that? I had yes, I've had government cheese. <laughs> like that's really healthy for you. It's so much better than the canned pork. I'll say that. And oh, guess what else? The butcher shop down the street, uh-huh. Rich Poultry, they have a gigantic refrigerator they're setting up so that anybody can put any food in there and anybody can take it out for free. Oh, I love that. Isn't that wonderful? Right down the street. It's sort of like those little book libraries that people have at the yes. end of their houses. But instead yes. of, of Tom Clancy novels, uh-huh. it'll be a, a potato. Yes. <laughs> potato, noodles, or or if we have too many zucchini, now we know what to do with it. Oh, that's perfect. There you go. It's right they're down gonna, the street. They're going to rue that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly enough, isn't rue an herb? You are so smart. Uh, no, you're so with the t- with the things you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, if oh, any dear. of these words or terms you're not familiar with, you and you want a good laugh, you should check out the upside down dictionary on our website. We just added a couple new fun definitions on there, um, and you can click the link on our show notes for it, or go to our website. We have a very fun uh, Facebook page too. That has funny things on it, like garden signs and inspirations and pictures. So visit us there. And sign up for our newsletter if you want updates and other funny jokes and signs just by going to our website. Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube channels, we're everywhere. We're taking over. We're back. You're listening to Ask Agnes, a helpful gardening show. I'm Agnes, and I'm here to take the agony out of gardening. We have a caller, Norice. Hi, how can I help you? Agnes, I started gardening a year ago. I planted annuals and perennials. Note to new gardeners, annuals only last for a season, and perennials last for many seasons. Do they, though? Do they? Norice, you sound skeptical. And bitter, if I may say so. 
as bitter as Betty's batter if she added too much lemon juice, as bitter as a one-term politician who thought his looks made him a shoe-in, but a sex scandal booted him out, as bitter as... Agnes, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have something I want to ask you about. Of course you do. That's why you called. I teach creative writing and children's lit at a local community college, and I sometimes get carried away. Sorry. What's your problem, Norris? I think all of my so-called perennials are dead. My lavender, my oregano, my chrysanthemums. Norris, what has your weather been like? Unusually cold, snowing. Your perennials may not be dead. It could be they're just sleeping because of the cold. But there's not a trace of green on them, and they're so brittle. And just how supple, Norris, do you think Sleeping Beauty was when she slept for a hundred years? Might she have been a little brittle? And Snow White in a glass casket so the world could watch her rot. Uh, Agnes, what are you doing? I'm being triggered. So Sleeping Beauty's Prince Charming kissed her and brought her back to life. No permission needed, obviously. Just planted a smacker right there in her 116-year-old lips. And Snow White's prince kissed a dead woman in a casket. Is that even legal? Not to mention so disgusting. I just wanted to talk about my perennials. Oh, Norice, check the very bottom of the plant. Like as not, you'll find a bit of green, which means all will be well with your garden. Okay. Well, that was more traumatic than it needed to be, but I appreciate it, Agnes. And there I go, saving the day again. If it's been a long winter in your zone, don't lose hope or patience, gardeners, for spring will surely come. Till next time, bye-bye. Thank you, Agnes. She's so smart. Yes, she sure is. She's and you know what? I think she's very pretty, too. Is she? Yes. yes she I bet is. she is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All educators are beautiful, Christy. Aren't they? Uh-huh. Let's get to what we're talking. Oh, my gosh. We're talking um, perennials. The one that I know the most about would be rhubarb. I have such fond memories of rhubarb. You know, I grew up in Minnesota. Right. And my mother, we had a little vegetable garden, but we had a huge rhubarb plant in the backyard. And I just had these memories of going out there and getting a big, thick stalk with my brother and my sister and then dipping it in sugar. Mmm. Wow. Now, we need to tell our listeners there's no such thing as a little rhubarb plant. (laughs) Right? Yeah. They get huge. And I've always had one. I don't even remember when I planted it. I had trouble actually getting one when I moved here. I spent... I spent money trying to buy starter plants in the nursery yeah and I kept putting it in the wrong place and finally a friend gave me a piece of her rhubarb plant oh and I named it after her daughter Elizabeth Rose and I planted it by my compost and now it gets to be about five feet yeah I it, you have a beautiful one now and mine is ready to eat impressive it has rhubarb ready to eat and if you have a rhubarb I just learned this last year. Don't cut it off with a knife. Don't cut the stalks off with a knife. Right. Put your hands down near the base of the stalk. Twist it and pull. That way you don't hurt the plant at all. When you plant it, make a huge, huge hole. Space them about four feet apart. And put the roots one to three inches below the surface of the soil with the buds pointed which way? Up. Buds up, right? <laughs> you know, we could have been accidentally called, instead of upside down tulips, we could have been called upside down rhubarb. Yeah, we could have actually. Indeed, we could have. <laughs> um, you, it needs, it grows best in full sun, 
right? And it will t- obviously if it if you have memories of Minnesota, it goes across a lot of zones. This rhubarb plant. Oh yes, right. I think it probably zones two to nine. But if you're in a higher zone, like zone six or higher, you may want to plant it where it gets some protection from the afternoon sun. Mm-hmm. And because we're five B, my rhubarb plant actually gets a little afternoon shade, which is okay. Partial yeah. shade is just fine. Um, sometimes you will notice I do on the one one of mine always the seeds come the seed stalk seems to come early. Mm-hmm. Cut that off. Okay, don't let that go. Yeah, it's pretty, but it's taking energy away from the rest of the plant. Yep. Uh, you it, you know what I read that you're supposed to dig and split rhubarb roots every three to four years. Uh oh. I I know. I have never. Mine's in my been life. there for about a good fifteen years. Yeah. My, so folks. That that might be one of those best practices thing <laughs> that nobody but internet people do because I have keep never an done eye that. on it though, huh? Keep an eye on it, but as long as it's gangbusters, why yeah. change anything, right? And how do you feed your rhubarb? Just you know, compost. Just my normal mm-hmm. yeah. what I do with, for all my garden. I have to do that this week. I, rhubarb are they're big feeders. Yeah, they so are. So make sure that you give them lots of healthy compost every year. Or horse manure works too. Oh, which I have all over my garden, just randomly scattered. I keep thinking the rain will make it go away, but all the turds are just laying all over the garden. <laughs> but they're nice old dry turds, so it doesn't, you, you know. know. those are the best kind of turds, aren't they, Edith? It's like Schofield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, this is important. Listen, this is important. Do not harvest any stalks during the first growing season because you will kill the plant. Harvest sparingly the second year and never take off more than, how much would you say? A third. Never take off more than a third or leave a third. What would you say? I I personally don't take off more than a third. And then I harvest all year long until, until July, until the end of July. And then after, like, end of July, don't harvest anymore. Yes, because... It's not like there's a set number of stalks. If you pull one off, others will grow, right? So so it's not, you don't have to worry like, oh my gosh, I can only use, I only have nine stalks, I can only use three of them. No, this thing goes for months. Although in the midsummer when it's so hot, it won't be as juicy and tender as it would be yeah. now. The redder the stalk, the sweeter it is. Ooh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh-huh. That's very good. Did you know, Edith, that rhubarb was a medicine before it ever became a dessert? Really? The earliest records of rhubarb date back to China in 2700 BC. So sort of around the time when that Methuselah tree was planted. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was used for medicinal purposes. And the Latin word is rhubarbarum, which means root of the barbarians. Oh, that's so good. And even though botanically it's yeah. a vegetable, yeah, a New York court ruling in 1947 made it an official fruit in the United States huh. because they were trying to get cheaper taxes and tariffs. And it, a fruit was is cheaper tariff and a oh. tax than a vegetable. Oh, that's interesting. Did you know that you can make a hair rinse out of it? That sounds amazing. That does sound amazing. I've not done it. But all you do is you chop some root in a quart of water, you leave it in a covered stainless steel pot, um, don't breathe the steam, let it sit, <laughs> oh, oh, I know, that's what I said, don't breathe the steam, 
uh, let it sit overnight and strain it in the morning. And then you can put it on your hair. You can put it on your hair. It like lightens it. I bet I know why they say you shouldn't breathe in the steam. Why? Because the leaves of a rhubarb plant are poisonous. Uh -huh. They have an oxide in it. And the stalk has some of this oxide in it too. And I bet when you steam it, it really gets the oxide oh. going. Do you know how much rhubarb leaves you would have to eat for it to kill you? How many? 10 pounds. Wow. So this whole thing about wow. rhubarb leaves being like, I was worried, like, I've been putting rhubarb leaves in my compost. Am I poisoning my compost? Now I feel totally fine about right, that. Right, right. So if you're planning to create the most perfect murder, it's going to take you a while to do it with rhubarb leaves, Yes, people. it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> that's, the, that's a long, patient murder, <laughs> you know? Um, did you know that in Yorkshire, England, rhubarb is grown by candlelight? No, what? It's called forced rhubarb, and they grow it by candlelight in dark cellars and basements because it limits the photosynthesis and forces the vegetable to use energy stored in its roots and makes it sweeter. Oh, that makes sense. And oh, let's wow. be honest, rhubarb could use a little sweetness. It could. Wow, that's interesting. In a really weird way. Like having an open flame in your house way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to do that. It was all fun until the big fire. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Until the cat knocked over the candle. Did you know that rhubarb is also referred to as the pie plant? Pie plant. Nope, I did not know that. That makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Rhubarb That's my pie. favorite pie, strawberry rhubarb. Oh my gosh. Yes, mine too. I love it so in much. Fact, I grow strawberries right next to my rhubarb. Well, everybody grow rhubarb. It's so easy. Just make sure that you give it what? You said yours is how far? Five feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine is like three feet across. It's and think not of five, all the great things you can make with it. You can make pie. Pie. Crumble. Crumble. Crisps. Jam. Hair rinse. Brown Betty. Murder somebody with the leaves. It's endless. <laughs> right? <laughs> Previously on Stranger Garden Things. Just wait right here by this compost pile, Rhubarb. I'll be right back. Please don't leave me alone, Christy. I feel strange here. Ah! Rhubarb! Rhubarb? Barb! And now, Stranger Garden Things. Where are you? Barb. Thanks for helping me search for rhubarb, Edith. Where are we? Your garden is all upside down. Even though this garden contains the same locations and infrastructure of your garden, it is much darker, colder, and obscured by an omnipresent fog while ash-like spores drift through the air. It appears we have slipped down a portal into an alternate dimension. Ooh, check out how everything is overgrown with ropey root-like tendrils and biological membranes covering practically every surface. It all feels strange, Christy. I'm scared. Let's get out of here. But we have to find my rhubarb. I don't like that strange-looking compost pile. Oh, no. What is that strange thing sitting on top of it? Barb? No. Oh, it's just a spaghetti squash. 
The seeds must have germinated because the compost pile wasn't hot enough because you haven't turned it in a year. Wait, look over there. That thing is even stranger. With all this fog and ash-like spores, I can't tell. What is that stranger thing? It appears to be a very, very large zucchini. This is what happens when you don't harvest zucchini in time. Zucchini is best harvested when the fruit is about six inches long. If left unharvested, zucchini squash will easily oh reach... Oh my oh. gourd! It sees us! Run! Wait! What about me? Sorry, rhubarb. Normally we don't mind things upside down, but this is all just too strange. Look! Need sugar. Poor Barb. Oh, Barb. Did not end well for her. Well, what are you going to do? Hey, let's talk asparagus. Asparagus. Which is another perennial vegetable. Did you know, Edith, that everyone makes asparagus pee, but not everyone can smell it? No, I did not know that. It's They did an infamous blind smell test. Uh-huh. Glad I wasn't there. With people who were subjected to the odor of a person's urine after they had e- eaten asparagus. Uh-huh. And the majority of those who had experienced asparagus pee themselves were able to correctly identify the substance. While those who claimed their urine did not smell strangely after consuming asparagus yeah. were not. Mm, those are the cilantro haters. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. The I wonder what the haters. correlation of that is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Have you grown asparagus? I've tried it once before, uh-huh. and, and nothing happened. I bought crowns at the grocery store, and yeah. nothing happened, and now I understand why. Why? What happened? Um, I did not plant them deeply enough. Okay. Have you grown asparagus before? Once, and I also did not have a lot of success at all. Um, they were never. They were the size of a pencil. I know they're supposed to be bigger than that. Well, this is a plant that can grow for 20 to 30 years. And I want to thank huh. my friend Jim Schultz for giving me some really great advice. He has an amazing asparagus patch. It does take up a fair amount of room in your yard. And if it could live to be 20 to 30 years, you have to really make sure that that's a dedicated spot that because you're going to be spread. with. It, does it spread and get bigger and more? Well, each little crown will have its own little spot and it needs room. You know, is he from so. Colorado? Is he growing yes. it in Colorado? Yeah, and he's he growing it successfully? Incredibly successfully. Okay. It is the best asparagus I've ever had in my life. Wow. And you know, when I was a kid, I hated it. But I think it's because when I was a kid, the only kind of vegetables we had were from the can. Yeah, yeah. So to have fresh asparagus is just so wonderful. Uh, and what he says is that when you're planting a new asparagus bed, it's important to make sure you're digging down really deep. Uh-huh. And to use, he uses... Straight horse manure. Really? And he plants them in horse manure? Yes. Wow. Now, or you can also do uh, just regular compost. Uh Uh-huh. But you want to get a 12-foot, so 12-foot, not a (laughs) 12-foot. No wonder why I didn't plant mine deep enough. A 12-inch deep by one-foot wide trench. So it's a lot of digging, That's, especially in Colorado clay soil. Yeah. And you plant the crowns every 18 inches. And then you cover, uh, you make a little mound, sort of like, you know, when you're planting squash plants, you make uh-huh. a little mound so that uh-huh. the, the, when you put the crown on, the roots are going down the mound. And then you fill that up just to the tip of the crown 
with compost or horse manure or some kind of wonderful fertilizer. You also want to put some phosphate down because this is your one time in 20 years to get some phosphorus for really strong root growth in there. So you do that too. And then you slowly keep adding up bit by bit more compost. And as the roots start going up, as the plant starts growing, you add more compost and you slowly, bit by bit by bit by bit the first year. And just like rhubarb, you don't harvest it. Okay. What you're saying is it looks like a trench for a while. Yes. Yeah. So it looks like a trench. Well, until, so until, you get, until you get to the soil level, which oh, can take a whole year for I that to happen. I did nothing like that. Okay. That, yeah, that, I didn't yeah. do that at all. Um, it's also important, which I did not know this about asparagus beds, to make sure that it is completely weed-free, which, I, you know, people say that when you're planting a vegetable uh-huh. garden, make sure there are no weeds there. And of course, that's a big part of vegetable gardening is weeding. But I've never heard it be so important as it is with asparagus. Wow. Because it's about the roots and the perennial nature of it. So it needs to be completely weed-free. And it's also very hard to weed an asparagus bed because you don't want to hurt the main plants that are down there. Wow. No wonder it's so expensive. <laughs> exactly. Wow. And just like rhubarb, it's really the second or third year that you could start harvesting. It depends if you get a first-year crown or a second-year crown. And um, you don't want to pick too much. Otherwise, your plant won't develop a strong root system mm. once you do begin to harvest. And Jim said there are sometimes well, he'll have 30-some asparagus spears. Wow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. He says, you know, he makes soup out of it. He puts it in scrambled eggs. He eats them raw on a salad. And once the harvesting season has ended, um, which is usually about late spring or early summer, then you can just allow the spears to develop naturally. Mm -hmm. And they can get high, like four to six feet high, and they'll start developing this lacy light green foliage. I remember that. Mine was never that high, but I remember that beautiful, beautiful foliage. And you can cut it off just in the fall. Or Jim says he just leaves his on because he feels like it's feeding the plant all year long. And then he ta- he cuts it down in the spring. So it looks like there's two different forms of thought about when to cut down uh-huh, uh-huh. the the foliage. So, and then in the, and then make sure you put down some more manure or compost in the fall, like about a half an inch. Wow. Because it's a heavy feeder. Wow. Well, that explains why I'm never going to grow asparagus again. (laughs) That is way too much work. I hope so. If anybody's out there who does grow asparagus, I wish they would tell us. You know what? It's probably the most work in the first year or so. And then look what you get. And then look what you get. It's like, like, okay, so can I talk about my leek? Yeah. Uh Which is a biennial. But for me, I swear, it grows like a perennial. I just want to say that I don't know how it does it, but every single year I get leek in the self-same place every year. I dig it up, and it has these little tiny bulblets. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what they are that are attached to the big uh-huh. like, the big white part. Bulbinos, th- yeah, also bul- known as. Bulbinos. Yeah. The, yes. <laughs> um, and then I just take the little ones and I throw them back in the soil. I don't even look at what direction they're going. And I cover it up, and I have leak, and have had leak every year for I don't know twenty years. And this year, I'm actually trying to grow some starts. They don't look real good, but I just thought I would experiment oh, from seed. From seed, yeah. See, I get leaks that come back, but I think it's just because my leaks went to seed, and then the seeds fell down on the ground, and 
did it that way. That's also possible. That's very possible. Mm-hmm. Either way, either the bulbinos or the seeds, you know? You know, one of my fond memories of the beginning of the pandemic, Edith, which is terrible. I don't know why I just said that, fond memories of the beginning of the pandemic. But we were all so scared wearing our masks, and you came by and on your, on your walk, and you dropped off some horseradish for me. Oh, yes, horseradish. And then I planted it, and it's coming back. Now, let me, folks, if you plant horseradish, man, you got to really want it. I The reason that I gave some to Christie's, I, I tried to dig all of it up. I didn't want it anymore because it got so big. So, Christy, I tried to give you all of it, but I didn't get all of it. Now I have like three plants where there used to be one. Oh. It's a very vigorous grower. And because you chopped it up, it's like the yes. Sorcerer's Apprentice and Mickey Mouse chopping up all the brooms. That's exactly, exactly <laughs> what is happening. Now I oh, have no. a whole area of nothing but horseradish. Mm-hmm. Well, do you ever do you ever dig it up and use it? I'm tr- going to try to do that this year. Let's I do am. that this year Let's because I'm excited. That's why I, I wanted some. It's because I love horseradish. I do too. And I didn't know anything about I planted it and never did anything again. And apparently there's all kinds of care you can take of it. When you dig it up, you're supposed to like do trenches on both sides oh. and pull it out. Uh-huh. And then you can take some of the smaller roots and stick them back in. Gotcha. And they'll regrow. But then like the larger root, you can take off. You take that one and you eat that one. Yeah. Did you know that rhubarb, until you grate it, um, isn't going to be hot? You mean, do you mean horseradish? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. I'm listening. Do you see how I'm listening? <laughs> yes. I have rhubarb on my brain. Horseradish. You are a good listener, Edith. Thank you. you. Are. Thank you. That there's a compound called isothiocyanate that is released when the root cells are crushed. And so therefore, until you grate it or crush it, it's not going to be hot. You know, I should mention poor companion plants. Rhubarb is a very strong, I mean, rhubarb, now you got me doing it. Horseradish. <laughs> you did is, that just to make me feel better. Yes, I did. Thanks, I'm, that, I'm that nice. You're welcome. Anyway, do not plant things like beans, watery leaf vegetables like cucumber, lettuce, and celery too close to your horseradish. Oh. They're not good companion plants. What about strawberries? Probably not. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm going to, because I have in the same patch, I have like in one section, because uh-huh. that's just where I had room, uh-huh. I have horseradish and then strawberries and then my rhubarb. Let's see if any of those things taste a little off this okay. year. Okay. Oh, oh dear. I bet the horseradish wins. That's like the strongest taste of all. Oh, dear. Yeah. We'll see. People have people can make horseradish tea as a preventative fun, fungicide for fruits and other plants. Oh. Another home remedy. Don't you, Love those. Don't you yourself drink it unless you're full of fungus. But if you are, it's probably good fungus. Yeah. I did read that when you do harvest the rhubarb and you grate it up, it's good to add a couple teaspoons of vinegar or lemon juice to it, Mm -hmm. and it'll help extend the life of it. Oh, that's really good. That's very good. Did I say rhubarb again? I think you might have. Oh, my gosh. Our engineer just is just shaking his head at us right now. Is he shaking his head at you? I was saying nothing. (laughs) Oh my gourd. It's a, it's a, oh, oh my, my gourd. gourd. 
Do we have time to talk about artichokes? Uh, yes. Yes, we do. Very briefly. <laughs> briefly, because depending on your zone, it may or it may not be a perennial. Yeah. And it may turn into an annual. So if you live in zones six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, you can make that a, an artichoke as a perennial. And it gets a little dicier uh-huh. in yeah. zone 5B. It is a form of a thistle artichokes. Are. It tastes, to me, artichokes taste like thistles. To me, artichokes are like a butter delivery service. Exactly. Can I tell you the story of the first time I ever had artichoke? Yeah. I was in my, I was in my early 30s and I was at a dinner party and for the appetizer was served artichoke and um, you, I just, sometimes I just feel like, you know what, Christy, you don't, you've never eaten this before. Just go ahead and just jump right in and uh-huh. be brave and just start eating. So I peeled off a leaf and I popped it in my mouth. <laughs> and here's me just chewing and chewing and chewing uh-huh. and chewing and chewing. And then I noticed that the hosts were peeling it off and then dipping it into uh-huh. butter and then just sort of like, you know, skimming. Yeah, you scrape the leaf with your teeth. It's yeah. almost like a silly little vegetable, right? Yeah, and I'm like right? not wanting to spit it out, and I'm like swallowing <laughs> this thing. But then once I figured it out, then I went, oh, it really is delicious, though. Because of the butter. Exactly. Well, um, wherever you want to plant an artichoke, just make sure that you have lots of drainage and good sunlight. Often, uh, gardeners can assume their artichoke plants haven't returned in the spring because of it's a cold winter. Uh-huh. But in reality, it's the soggy soil that gets the blame. Well, I had a plant once, and it last. It was supposed to. The nursery guy told me the last two years it only lasted one, and that must be why. Did you get good artichokes out of it at least? You know, I don't really like artichokes, so yeah, they yeah. were they were fine. Yeah. Plant what you liked to yeah, eat. Yeah, plant what Though, you like. Let's to be eat. honest. Sometimes it's fun to plant things just for the experiment of it, right? Right. Well, make sure that um, you prepare the bed beautifully like you would any other. Give it lots of rich compost. You give it manure. Um, Planting from seed will take you forever. So get yourself a little starter seed for it. And um, when it reaches three to four feet, you can go ahead and start harvesting it. It's gigantic. You could have an entire garden, an entire, like, 40 by 40, all you put in there is horseradish, artichoke, and asparagus, and then you have room for nothing else. <laughs> right. But then you don't have to plant every year. Well, there you go. If you like those three things. Yeah. And rhubarb. And rhubarb. Right. I forgot. Now I'm forgetting the rhubarb. <laughs> hey, Christy, guess what time it is? What time is it? Mailbag time. Ring, ring. I got a great letter here, Christy. Read it. It says, hi, Christy. And Edith in parentheses. Because <laughs> he didn't say Edith. Okay, it was that's an implied right. Edith. No, it wasn't. There was yeah. no Edith there. Okay. Oh, Edith. Oh, no. I'm just going to go on. Okay, I am brave. Should. Okay. <laughs> I have a question about my forsythia bush, about, about which I'm very fond. The bush, not the question. <laughs> We've had it for a number of years, planted in a large pot on the morning side of the house. I noticed last year didn't flower as profusely as in past years, and the same is true this year. I want to bring it back to health. Could it be root-bound or just need some fertilizer, which I don't think we've ever given it? I've seen really giant forsythias around the neighborhood, so it should have a longer lifespan than this. If you have any thoughts on this, I'll send you a poem I wrote about this forsythia. Okay, well, 
as folks know, I just bought my first forsythia plant. Mm -hmm. I've wanted one for a very long time. And I got the dwarf kind, and so I've been doing a little research on its proper care. And a couple of things I learned about forsythia plants, which is one, um, actually be careful of giving forsythia too much nitrogen. Ah. Because otherwise you'll get a lot of foliage or few or no flowers. Okay. It's important to prune your forsythia. Pruning. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, if, it depends on what Chad has done. If you pruned it back too much, yeah, it could be having trouble coming back. Also, I wonder if it could have been affected by the late freezes and oh. early freezes that we've had. Because just like your peach trees, Edith, yes. that can affect the bloom of it. Yes, yes, it can. And we had a bad frost last year, very bad. And this year, well, not as bad, but pretty bad. Another reason to be concerned about, which is making me wonder where I'm going to put my forsythia, is about how much sun. Well, he says on the morning side of the house, which is the east side, yeah. correct? My house, the light, the morning sun is not as strong. And because he has a container, I wonder how big the container is, if he could move it. And sometimes what can happen is that you have it in a good spot, but then the trees around it get bigger and we'll shade it more, but there's no mm. shade right now because forsythia is the first thing to bloom. Mm-hmm. So then I wonder about light. However, I this is the one thing I think it might be, is that it could be that it's an when you have an old forsythia, that they can um, get have a lot of old wood, and forsythias will bloom on new wood. Before he throws the towel in on it, I would suggest rejuvenating that plant with a deep pruning. And remove about one-third of the plant by cutting old canes to the ground. Be sure to open up the dense middle so that the shrub receives sunshine all the way around. And in a couple years, he should have beautiful flowers again or the plant is dead. (laughs) (laughs) You are so helpful. So helpful. Good. That's good. You know how Chad says, if you have any thoughts on this, I'll send you a poem I wrote about this for Scythia. Yes. I happen to have his poem right now. Would you read it for us? It's amazing. Okay. Here it goes. Its title is For Scythia. Okay. Apropos, indeed. Forsooth, oh, for Scythia. For Scythia, forsooth. So gold and so gay once, now long in the tooth. So bright and so yellow in March's dull gray. Now April's acumen, you're fading away. Still trying, but tattered, like smiling through grief. I'll miss your glad blossoms when green grows your leaf. Still trying, but tattered, like my soul, I fear. Forsooth, O oh, Forsythia, please come back next year. Oh, Chad, I hope it comes back for you. Forsooth, I do. If you have any poems, any thoughts, any anything actually, you can write to us at UpsideDownTulips.com. We love your gardening questions, your successes, your flops, your tales of asparagus. In short, we just love you and we want anything you can give us. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Or check out the show notes. And now it's time for our inspiration of the week. Our quote this week comes from Derek Jarman, a British filmmaker and gardener. The gardener digs in another time, without past or future, beginning or end. Here is the amen beyond the prayer. Derek Jarman. 
I'm freaking out. You should see her face. Isn't that beautiful? It's about time and no time. It's very zen. Yeah, it's everything. It's really nice. Good job, Edith. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some values out of Upside Down Tulips this episode, could you please do us a favor? Help us out. Go to your phone. Share the show on social or with a friend who might also appreciate it. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. You want to hear more of Denise's music? Go to denisegentilini.com or find that link on our website. Special thanks to our talented and kind friend, Karen Slack. Join us next week for our tips and tricks on roses. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Amen. Upside Down He lobbed all the rhubarb. He lobbed bamboo. (laughs) And again, I say, amen.